0: What up, what up, what up San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene People up in Lubbock, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado People up in Tyler, people down in the whole 305 South Florida region And my people down in Laredo You're tuned in here to the Wednesday Hump Day edition of the Sports Grind Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark with his producers and Spending the One and Twos 877-37-GRIND is your number to participate. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND. If you know what you want to talk about, like always, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Um, anything that we discussed on yesterday's show or we're discussing today that you want to weigh in and give your opinion on, feel free to do that. The only thing we ask is you call during the breaks and you have patient during the long segments and breaks and we'll get to the phone call calls accordingly. Also keep in mind if you need to reach out to me and uh, follow me via Twitter, you can do that at Sports Grind. And also keep in mind if you want to stream the show live and you can leave comments and I'll respond to those and read those in real on air in real time or I'll respond to them later, you can go to the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment or you can go to my personal page and, like I said, you can leave comments there. And if you ever miss any of the episodes live, uh, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the podcast seven days a week, 365. And if you are traveling or you're in an area that doesn't carry us terrestrial-wise, you can go to the same website sportsgrindonline.com, where you can go ahead and click the play button listed live and you'll have us there. 877-37-GRIND. What's up, Mr. Clark? You ready?
1: Yes, sir. Ready rock and roll.
0: All right. So it is Hump Day Wednesday, uh, so that means a lot of things. Of course, that means teams getting prepared for their next week's matchups in the National Football League. So we definitely have some NFL um, news, but we've got a lot of other things going on as well. Uh, we've got um, the MLB, of course. Uh, We'll start there shortly. We've got uh, the Astros and Rangers who are resuming their series tonight, seeing if the Astros can get back into this American League Championship Series. Uh, We'll definitely start here with the action last night between Philly um, and Arizona. Also, we've got NFL news. Like I said, Micah Parsons is coming to the defense of Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. This is very interesting to me. Um, I definitely have my thoughts on that. We've got Donovan McNabb, who's up to his old tricks, who's getting very critical of the Philadelphia Eagle offense and A.J. Brown. And A.J. Brown has responded. I want to get a, get to that. Also, Broncos news. Um, I've got a question that I want to put out there and discuss when it comes to Russell Wilson's contract and due to the fact of what happens If they drop to one and six this Sunday after taking on the Green Bay Packers, I have a suggestion and want to discuss that. Um, Also, uh, NBA continues to go on. We've got preseason action still, you know, uh, rolling on. Uh, You have the uh, San Antonio Spurs who are back in action tonight, back facing the Houston Rockets um at the new frost center right frost bank center
1: the frost bank center
0: frost i gotta get used to saying that so you to saying the 18 but the frost bank center um question is is wimby playing tonight he didn't play the other night i'm thinking like damn we starting him on low management already but i get it i mean it's preseason. uh but that's the million dollar question does he play tonight um we'll see also uh we didn't really get a chance to talk to the about the rockets trade yesterday kevin porter jr now isn't this the guy that was having trouble that was kicking up dust the guy kevin porter wasn't he in some trouble off the court Is the, Or got the wrong yeah the guy. assault on his female
1: yeah. uh, on his girlfriend okay. um former wnba player uh now we realize we, we learned this week that there was a kind of development in his case. Uh, the charges were dropped and the fact that they couldn't prove, they, 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 I guess there was a false accusation that he actually you know, had caused the vertebral injury Oh, that's uh, this you know, to the yeah, this that's is right. Kevin Porter Jr. So, uh, so he was traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder and then promptly released.
0: Okay, so they just used him as a pawn to make the numbers work for a trade that Oklahoma wanted to participate. Because I'm thinking, like, why would they build them out? What are they getting out of, especially if they just outright release them once the trade is complete?
1: Yeah, Presti picked up uh, two second-round picks, you know, I think this year and next year, uh, this coming draft and then uh, the 2025 draft. And uh, we're also able to move – you know, they moved two players, uh, Victor Oladipo being one, uh, that were likely to be – roster casualties when we get down to trimming rosters next monday ahead of the season and uh okay and speaking of nba you know i was going to come in here
0: and i had james harden on the docket and was going to talk about how there was reports saying that hey he's going to be there at the start of the season despite being asking for trade and i was going to come and say you know what looks like he's learned from the situation at the Rockets on how that went down and how his reputation kind of took a hit in regards to how he let himself go and was doing everything to get out of town. I was going to say, Hey man, he's learned from that. And literally between 20 minutes before going on air, the report gets out there that he was a no show today at practice. Didn't show up.
1: Yeah. According to Jake Fisher, he was in Houston. Yeah. Um, Wow. I mean,
0: and also there's people saying, sources say, this is just the start of it. This is just the beginning. Uh, He said that he was going to make things difficult um, for the 76ers. Everything leading up to this since training camp has started has looked positive in regards to at least, you know, trying to buy into what Nick Nurse is trying to do. Um, I've heard that he's been very cooperative at practices, teaching the young guys some of what Nick Nurse is trying to do. And then all of a sudden, you have this today that happens. Um, I mean, it's just not, I mean, look, you know, we're not the media fans. We're not in these phone conversations and face-to-face meetings with some of these players and GMs and ownership. So we don't know on the level of lies and broken promises, how far to the extreme does it go? Now, we do know if you've paid attention to sports long enough, you're fully aware that this has been going on forever. Guys basically being, uh, you know, lied to athletes by general managers, owners in all sports, NFL, NBA, baseball, how have you. But with all that said, I just feel, especially in this day and time, especially with everybody pocket-watching the compensation of what athletes are getting paid, what athletes are not performing based off the millions they're making, it's just a no-win situation. No matter what Philly, no matter what Daryl Morey told James, no matter what the lie was, um... In my opinion, that's just a no win situation for athletes, especially on James's level, that you're going to win publicly and PR over this when it's almost a take my ball and go home type of attitude that he's repeatedly have had. And I promise you, I was literally coming in here today on the dice. Say, hey man, it looks like James learned a little bit, and all that criticism he took kind of bothered him. Because I always tell you, I've always preached on this show for years that it really comes down to um, how does your what does your peers say? You know, uh, forget the media, forget radio guy. What does your peers say about you? And I think James started to hear a little bit of those rumblings on how it went down, how he got out of Houston. Now I'm pretty sure Katie, Kyrie Irvin, Hey, do what you got to do, bro. Do whatever you got to do. But for the most part, it's just the willing to go here, the willing to take it here based off of the performance he had in Philly, in the playoffs, in elimination game against Boston, and the performance that he's repeatedly had in his career in the postseason when the chips on the line. He's had some good games here and there, but not in usually closeout games, elimination games, things like that. The fact that he still at this stage of his career wants to handle trying to get his way or force his way out still like this, it still is a head scratcher to me. I mean, I get it, but it it doesn't really end. It's not going to end well for him. Now, he might get what he wants, but I just think it comes to a point where obviously he doesn't give a damn what the fans or teammates or anybody thinks about him. Because there has to be different ways that you could go about doing it. But until the owner or GM bucks one of these dudes and says, hey, we, you know, it sucks if it disrupts the flow of the 11 other guys on this roster in this locker room. But I can't give in to you. It's going to continue in the NBA. There's a reason why you can't really do. You haven't really heard this too much in the National Football League. Now you've heard of guys, and especially that play that quarterback position, get into certain situations that might want their way out, do whatever. But nothing has became this public of you know humiliation for teammates and ownership and front office that an NFL player has really put. Anybody through the closest name we've gotten not to pick on them, but the closest thing I can think of is the Aaron Rodgers situation. But we'll see how it plays out. I'm pretty sure James and now that it's like almost like premeditated, you know, it's like you you can't come up with like, hey, man, I had a family emergency in Houston because that's where it's been reported. He's at right again. Jake
1: Fisher reporting that he was in Houston. Okay.
0: So you can't come. I mean, even if it's the case, but if you come back and say, hey, man, I had a family emergency. I had this. I got caught in Houston. I got ill, missed the flight. You've already come out and premeditated and said you were going to make it horrible. And your track, your credit report is bad when it comes to these particular situations. So we'll see how this plays out. Um, You know, I I think Nick Nurse had to know somewhat. Of what he was getting into uh, with James Harden, just from a talent standpoint, and 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 what you can rely on when he took the job, maybe this is happening quicker or faster uh, than he anticipated. Uh, but this is the product, like we always say, it's like beating a dead horse. This is the product of guaranteed contracts in the NBA. And see, in the NFL, you have, you know, you've got to play the quarterback position to be able to get away. With something like, and you've got a and I can't just say any quarterback. You have to be one of the elite type top quarterbacks to be able to pull this off in the NFL and get away. You just you just can't do it. What do you what do you got?
1: Well, I don't. I don't think Nurse saw this coming. I mean, you look at the hardened timeline. July twenty eighth, he took the took the pay cut. He, uh, Nurse was hired on June first, so you feel like you're coming in, you're taking over a team that should be making a, a deep run. And that all your stars are on board, but
0: I think when I say when I say that Nick Nurse knew what
1: he's getting into, like he knows what
0: type of player and what type of character James Harden has. Whether he was wanting to be traded, whether Daryl Morey lied to him and said, "Hey, we're going to try to trade you because we're doing this." What I'm saying is that Nick Nurse, a lot of these guys, pay attention to. What goes on in the NBA? Coaches and GM. Hell, the former, which I still don't know what this is about. Have research, but the former GM of the Golden State Warriors, who just stepped down coming in, he's doing play by play for Four Letter Network, and listening to him play by play a preseason game last night uh, between the Clippers and Nuggets. To hear him talk, knowing that this guy was in, it build a dynasty with the golden state warriors to hear him talk about other teams and clippers and you know this injury stuff and this load management that lets me know you have paid attention of course like yes you're worried about your house your building but you know what goes on in the nba you know who has reputations you know who you can count on nick nurse has won an nba championship he dealt a he he inherited a player that was coming off a difficult situation and Kawhi leonard on what was done down here years ago nick nurse knew what type of player Jane. now did he know that he was going to announce that he was going to go rogue or be in china and just say hey daryl morey's a liar and i can no longer play for him no but he knew that he had to keep one eye open when he slept at night with james harden i that that that's just my opinion i, I mean i think nick nurse would be fine I mean, I think they'll get through this. I mean, because a lot of this is going to just depend on the lead of what this effect has on Joel Embiid. But I don't know. I, I just feel with the N- NBA, nothing's going to change when it comes to this until guys, until there's a general manager and ownership just, just says, hey, we're not going to do it. And it's tough because the other reason besides guaranteed contracts, I feel in the NFL that is the reason not done is because, even if you're talking about the quarterback position or your pass rusher, you're talking about 48 to 52 guys on a roster. It's hard to let one guy blow up and disrupt a whole roster in the NFL. They can be a distraction. They can try to divide a locker room. But when you talk about really just if you think about James Harden, you, when you take about one player in the NBA that can force his way out or do whatever you want to do, they can blow up a whole situation. Currently and for years to come, that Kawhi situation that took place down here years ago, regardless whether what side you were on and whether it was the Spurs fault, it was Kawhi and Uncle Dennis. No matter how you slice it, that set them back four to five years. He was the plan. He was the bridge from Dave to Tim to Kawhi. And when he decided he just didn't want to be here for whatever reason. Whether it was all about playing in L.A., whatever or that set this franchise back four to five years. And so, therefore, it's just in the NFL, it, there's also, besides just guaranteed money, there's a couple of reasons why you can't, you don't really see this happen too often. Trust me, there's guys out there, especially this young there's guys out there in the NFL and other sports, they're going to try it. They've tried it. You know, don't get it wrong. Not saying that they're above of trying to go rogue against the team to get what they want, but you don't see it run as rampant as you have in the National Basketball Association. 877-37-GRIND. But before we get into responding to Michael Parsons' comments on his latest edition of his podcast, MLB continues to roll on. Um, last night, we saw the Philadelphia Phillies pound the arizona diamondbacks 10 to nil okay in soccer we call it nil but zero um look man through two games the thing that's sticking out to me like a sore thumb is really a talent disparity now look arizona's here for a reason they earned the right to be here um I would definitely like to know. I don't know the top of my head, but I definitely would like to know the payroll of Philly compared to Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, I think the Arizona Diamondbacks can get back into this series, especially switch, switching back to the desert. But I've got some other thoughts, but that's definitely what's sticking out to me like a sore thumb in this particular series. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark produces Spinning the One and Twos. We'll be back. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Maestro DeBell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. Keep in mind, if you're looking to check out what the latest new items they have, or you already know what they are, but you just want them delivered straight to your doorstep, uh, don't forget about SpecsOnline.com because the fun starts here. That's Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and an official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. 877 grind. Um. All right, so keeping it moving, back to the baseball. Um, look, Phillies have looked lights out at home um, this postseason. Uh, they almost look unbeatable at home. I know Bryce Harper has woken up. Uh, you know, he cashed in and I think tell you one thing, I will tell you that Kyle Shorber is time that we start giving him his flowers, uh, especially for his postseason performance. You can go back to the year the Cubs won the World Series. Uh, he was a part of that team. Um, he's constantly hit some big knocks in the postseason. He had two homers last night. Um, he's definitely a dangerous guy in October. So I don't, I don't know if he gets. In my opinion, like I said, never claimed to be a seam head, but I, I think that from the masses and the audience that I listen to, no one really talks to Kyle Shorber. I know, A.K.A. the Hulk. No one really talks to him, talks about him and his performances in the postseason in that light. But he showed up huge. Uh, but I just look at right now through two games, um, and it's going to switch back to the desert tomorrow night. Um I just feel like it's a talent disparity. Um and I know you laid out the odds a long shot that Arizona was even before the season started
1: plus 17,000 to win it
0: all. Yeah, to win it all. You kind of shows. Uh were you able to find something on the sal- I wonder what the uh total salary is for team wise between Philly and them. So go to your SPO track. Yeah, you know Golly, I love SPO track. They need to um, cut us a check as much. You damn run, you give them. But anyway, well, go ahead.
1: I like them because they're legit. And again, uh, even uh-huh. when even when they do have errors, they, they, they will respond to them. Jeez. Um, but the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, fifth highest payroll this year in baseball, trailing the New York Mets, New York Yankees, San Diego Padres, and the Texas Rangers. Uh, $245.4 million. All right. For the... For the Phillies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to drop down to the 21st overall ranked uh, roster uh, or in terms of payroll. And that's where you find the Diamondbacks sitting there at 119.2. So, about half as much. Uh, that that the, the surprising teams, both the uh, Diamondbacks and the Orioles this year... Um, the Orioles uh, are down there with the Rays. I mean, they were, the Orioles, 71 million. Yeah, and you, you know... know they're not supposed to be here. Rays weren't really supposed to be here. The Arizona Diamondbacks are early, and which is what you could say maybe about the Rays and about the Orioles as well. They're early. As these stars develop okay, now you're going to have to, we'll see that payroll climb if they want to keep their keep their guys home.
0: And I didn't bring that up because I don't want to paint this picture that what I'm trying to say, only the teams that spend a lot of money that have payrolls that win World Series, because that's not the case. I mean, there's a reason why it hasn't been a lot been of a development. Yeah, development, farm system, that's not the case. I mean, if that's the case, the Red Sox, the Yankees, uh, the they would, yeah, they would be spending <laughs> a lot of money. That's not why I brought that up. I, I just feel that I could tell just from a talent the way these two games have gone, uh, there was some disparity in payroll but make no mistake about it there's been a lot of teams that had middle of the road lower payroll that's won championships over the last decade so uh but we'll see I mean it's going back to the desert I mean I was skeptical about their pitching going into this uh postseason especially this matchup speaking Arizona but they're going back home uh they're a feisty bunch but Philly um they look like there's some unfinished business mission that they're on and we'll see how it plays out what do you got
1: I saw somebody that I follow out of Arizona um, make a point that kind of gets pretty interesting. We, you know, we have this. It's, parts of the nation are cold. Parts of the nation are hot. It's hot right now. It's weird weather at this time of the year. But tomorrow, 103 degree high in Arizona. Now they were in jest. They said, you know, leave the roof open and see <laughs> see if you can bake the Phillies out out of the ballpark. Um, does that, did you feel like the weather has any impact as this series shifts to the Southwest?
0: No, man. I mean, you know, look, I mean, they call it boys of summer for a reason. I mean, you know, the time that they start the regular season, when you talk about April and you go to the dog days of summer in baseball, whether you're East coast team, Colorado Rockies, it doesn't matter. You're going to play, you playing some hot as temperature games, especially this last the summer that this last summer that we've had in this country in regards to the temperatures, record-setting heat waves that we've seen. So, no, at this point, um, and I'm pretty sure, um, you know, they're gonna play with that dome closed. At the end of the day, it's hot for Philly. If Philly, it's gonna be hot as hell for Arizona. Play you don't want that. It's gonna especially for the fan experience. They're gonna play that in the dome. They're not gonna open the roof up for just a hundred and you know two degree temperatures. It's gonna be somebody needed. Them bats need to get a hundred and two degree temperatures for Arizona. let's this gonna be over real quick because Philly's got the edge in pitching. Um, knew that, and their bats, their lineup one through nine has been hell ever since the All Star break. Um, so yeah, so we'll see tonight. Um the Astros look to get back in the series. They're down 2-0 as the scenery switches to Arlington. Uh Mad Max is on the mound uh for the Rangers and we just don't know what we're going to get out of Max Scherzer. Uh you know, uh last time I checked I think yesterday they're a minus 133 favorite. Uh, on the money line tonight, uh, going with the Astros, uh, going with the Rangers. So the Rangers are f- favored. But, again, Max has been in and out of the lineup since being traded here, dealing with uh, different type of knickknack injuries. So you don't really know what you're going to get out of Mad Max. I think with the Astros, um, they've been in these situations before. I mean, you're talking about seven straight American League championship series that they've been a part of. Um you know i don't think being down 2-0 is going to rattle them this comes down to execution the reason why they're down 2-0 this really should be a 1-1 series at at worst case scenario um the really the story in this one as i say the talent disparity between phillies and arizona through two games the during through the two games of this astros and rangers the Ballad of silver boot uh october style this has been a this has been a story of leaving too many men on base for the astros They've just left too many runners in scoring positions from bases loaded with zero outs, can't capitalize. Uh, Runners on second and third with one out, can't capitalize. There's just been a lot of stranded runners. So if I'm the Astros, in which, you know, led by a veteran manager, Dusty Baker, a veteran ball club, uh, I don't see them panicking, uh, but to me, if you're an Astros backer or an Astros fan, your worst nightmare is if Mac, Mad Max comes to play tonight and you get the postseason of Mad Max, even if he can only give you six to seven innings. But if those are six to seven light-out innings, that's going to be tough with a team that's kind of already struggling this series with runners in scoring position. Eight seven seven three seven 7 7 grind. Uh, some other news and notes of baseball before we leave the baseball things. Um uh roberts manager for the dodgers um is coming back the management uh and gm and ownership announced that he's going to be coming back for the 2024 season um in my opinion i alluded to this the other day um due to the resources when we're speaking of payrolls i mean due to the resources that he's gotten and had access to um Delivering one World Series title in a shortened 60-game season, a COVID season, despite how many times they won that division since he's been there, it's underachieving because it is the Dodgers and there's a lot of money on this payroll. It's underachieving. Now, in Robert's defense, okay, one of the things I will defend him on they didn't do a good job with giving him arms this year. It wasn't a complete team. It was a lineup that could go toe-to-toe with the best of them. Now, unfortunately, you know, Mookie Betts, their best player, um, along with, um, you know, their other player, Uh, Freddie Freddie Freeman, Freeman, they just went cold at the wrong time. I mean, and that's one of the worst probably postseason performances I've seen in a series from Mookie Betts since he's been on my radar for years, even going back to the Boston days. So – I just feel that it's that scenario that with the Dodgers, they didn't give him the arms. They they were light on the pitching arms. I think that whole Trevor Bauer situation really set them back. It really set them back because they invested a lot of money in Trevor Bauer. They knew what they had in Clayton Kershaw, which was an aging veteran arm that had postseason struggles um so that I will defend him on but for the grand scheme of things his tenure and what his resume is not horrible you know there's a lot of managers that would take that resume on other teams but we're talking about the LA Dodgers okay we're talking about the Dodgers not talking about the Rays okay no disrespect but we're not talking about the Rockies we're talking about the Dodgers I know Denver's just like, hey, you just going to disrespect the Rockies like that. Hey, well, look, man, when the ownership at Colorado lets me know they really want to win and, and they trotting out Bud Black all the damn time, then I'll sit there and say, you know, I won't have to worry about saying no disrespect. But the bottom line is, is that You know, I think you know I'm not in the business of trying to fire brothers, but he's had a lot. He's had quite a bit. He's underachieved, in my opinion, considering the the franchise and the resource he had. Um, I'm giving him a little bit of pass because they lacked him on arms this year. But he's gonna bring. He's gonna come back uh, and be manager. Um, Also, uh, what else do we have on? I had this story on the other day in baseball. I think it was on Monday, uh, and I didn't really get to it because it was. Uh, really, you know, of course, Monday recapping NFL and college. Uh, but the Giants um, interviewed Alyssa Nakin, I believe is her name. I hope I didn't butcher it, probably did, uh, for the manager position, making her the first woman, all right, to interview for this position. Now, what's crazy before this, because Kim Ning is out as Marlon's general manager, because remember, she was the first female full-time general manager in baseball. She stepped down after declining her 2024 option. So there could be some other opportunities for her. But let's talk about Alyssa. Okay, um, Not don't know too much about her, but I do know she's been in the organization at least for about four years or so. She's had a position type of coach role with the organization. Um, you know, to me... This is what I will say, OK, because it's almost like and there's and, and, I, and I believe I don't know how many candidates they were going to interview at this position, but no decision has been made. But this is where I'm at with this. OK. And, and you know, this is the reason why maybe I get called a sexist in my house three or four times a week, which I know I'm not. OK, I was a mama's boy, so I don't know how you can be grown up to be a sexist, but you're a mama's boy. I wasn't KD, mom. I wasn't Kevin Durant type of mama boy. that's a whole different level. But look, I've been through this with the Becky Hammond situation in our backyard with the Portland Trailblazers of the world, the Indiana Pacers of the world, all these organizations that have reached out to Red Bottom Becky which is down two starters by tonight in the WNBA as that scenery stays at New York. as the looking to tie that up. But they're without uh, two of their, Alyssa Thompson, and I forgot who the other starters out. Uh, so that might change this series. I still like the Aces, though. But I've been through this situation with Becky. I've also noticed sitting on my couch um, watching NFL and NBA, maybe it's just me, But I've seen an addition of at least two female officials on both levels in both sports, it seems like added every year in the last five or six years. So this is where I'm going with this is that, you know, it's kind of I feel like and and again, I think I'm I want to kind of stick up for women in these standpoints. And I don't want to rain on this because this is very positive. For all we know, this 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 woman could end up getting this job. But I'm kind of sticking up for women in this because this goes back to kind of like the 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 conversation surrounding the Rooney rule in regards to minority hirings. And, you know, is it a sham? Do people just say, hey, man, we've got to interview one of them. Go pick to be compliance. It's like all of this that we get going and you know, hire one then. I don't want teams in the NBA. And MLB, because this is the first one that you're kind of hearing of it. It's making it, it's not like you know I'm complaining, and this is an ongoing thing. And you've got three or four, or five women applying for manager jobs, and they're interviewing. And we're no, no, I'm not saying that, but there's a start somewhere. And I feel that you know I don't want in a situation where these teams are so into PR moves, and you do PR moves to eventually trickle down to dollar moves, money moves, and when you're trying to go after that female fan base i say this all the time the other leagues are jealous of the national football league on how strong their woman following is and i ain't talking about just sitting on the couch with your boyfriend and your husband or whoever in a male when you just oh, i'm just here because he's got to watch football six months no there's women that are playing fantasy football there's wives that are playing there's wives that are buying jersey shirts and tickets and season tickets so it's not fake. They they they're the one sport that has been able to capture that real female audience, and that's why I said the year that they decided to get who's the boss on Melissa Milano, about eighteen years ago. It seems like around that time, to be the to create her own clothing line for women, it just really that 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 put the floodgates down. But these other sports, and just and I'll throw football. It's like. I don't. I don't want to get to the point where they're just interviewing these women and they're not really interested, or really going to have the gall to make them a position manager or make them a coach, and they're just doing to say, "Hey, man, we're trying to contribute to the women's rights. We we don't discriminate over here." I mean, come on, that's all I'm saying. And for like I said, she might get the job, but I just I, I that whole Becky Hammond situation really left a bad taste in my mouth. It really did. Uh, because I look And that's the reason why Becky When you know When this whole Portland Not Portland But when the uh, What was that one job That was coming up And she said uh, Well I don't have time I'm not talking to the boys anymore I'm concentrating on the girl." I mean tongue in cheek But it's like come on Which I tell you And I'll stand on it That Becky Hammond Is going to be coaching In the NBA sooner or later uh, She came from the right organization To set it up for that way I still feel like This is the best organization For her to do that at And be successful Um, but she's going to probably win a couple titles in the WNBA for Mark Davis, because that's the only titles he's getting anytime soon, okay? But she can win some titles for Mark Davis of the Vegas Aces, should have been more championships added to the San Antonio trophy case with the Silver Stars, but didn't have that happen. Now they're collecting trophies in the desert, um... She's going to sit there. She's going to get a gig in the NBA. You know, that's going to happen. And I believe that that is the one sport I think, and I, maybe baseball because I don't know. I mean, I don't know the integral parts of softball and baseball, but I just, I mean, you see, you got a lot of like, you got a couple linebacker coaches with Tampa, you know, Bruce Aarons gave, you got some, you know, a, a couple few females that have coaching slash titles that are on NFL rosters, but I just see an explosion of um, these women in sports, but the, when it goes through the interviewing process, I just don't want to get them exploited. That's the, I just don't want it to become, I, it, let's let's be real, if we're gonna parade out there and we're going to allow these women that have a right to apply for these managerial and coaching positions, somebody hire one then, okay? It came to a time, Red Arbeck had to make a decision. In the city of Boston in the 50s, in the 60s, that said, hey, you know what? I need to get me one of them colors on my team. Just talking how they used to talk. I know it sounds hard for people, but that's how they used to refer to people that look like me. Somebody had to break them all and say hey if we want to win then we'll win so eventually somebody is going to have to sit there if we're going to do this and we're going to make a story about it i feel at some point give one of these women the job then because there's been a quite few of them in different sports that has interviewed that you can make arguments about being qualified that just been like hey it was fun. we'll keep you we'll keep your information we'll keep your information you listen to the Sports Grind. When we get back, Micah Parsons, I feel like we're taking something from his podcast every week now. I definitely want to get into his comments that he that he made defending his quarterback when we get back. And I want to look at Russ's situation that he finds himself in with the Denver Broncos and the situation the Denver Broncos find themselves in with Russ. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer. And we'll be back.